Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks. My name is Scott Gardner and I've just returned from an exciting day at Disney's Hollywood Studios where, for the very first time, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, appeared at Star Wars Weekends. It was an incredible, magical, and very, very fun time. And now you get to hear it up close as the park opens, the celebrity motorcade proceeds down Hollywood Boulevard, as Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, James Arnold Taylor, hosts a conversation with Mark Hamill. And finally, you're there as the day closes out at Disney's Hollywood Studios with the spectacular Symphony in the Stars firework display. So put on your headphones and enjoy Star Wars Weekends 2014. Space Cowboys, this is Cran Yoder. You are listening to WSWW, the official transmitting location here at Dotty Station. And now for the latest news. The Galactic Empire's Inquisitor is seeking anyone affiliated with the Rebel Alliance. He's determined to put an end once and for all to this futile uprising. If you have any information that leads to the capture of a rebel, you could receive a substantial reward. Ooh. This new Inquisitor sounds like a scary guy. We'll be right back after these prepaid commercial messages. Do you enjoy wearing the color white? Do you have terrible aim? Are you okay with the feeling of your head being trapped in a small confined space for long periods of time? If so, a job as an Imperial Stormtrooper is perfect for you. Travel the galaxy as you serve on the most powerful weapon ever created, the all-new Death Star. So come on down to your local Galactic Empire recruiter, or call us up at 1-800-BAD-SHOT. That number again, 1-800-BAD-SHOT. Remember, you're either with us or against us. This app was paid for by the Galactic Empire. Don't just try calling it. And now, here's Anybody a signal that's hotter than Princess Leia in her metal bikini.
Yeah! Oh, come on, people. What are you, frozen in carbonite? <laughs> Parents of the Padawans. Uh, oh my gosh. Here's 
That's the same. That's the same emperor that I have my picture taken with. That's on Facebook. That's so cool. Oh, that one? Yeah. Sand people, not that one. Oh, my God. 
Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you not know Star Wars? No, she doesn't. You're not raising this child, right? She's seen it, but it's been a long time. This guy? Yeah. Obi-Wan. Uh, Young Obi-Wan. That's Anakin. Uh, oh, Tarful! Please help us welcome our Star Wars Weekend's visiting celebrities. That's cool. Oh, there's Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca. He's greeting the kids. He'll scare the out of her if he comes over. Huh? Oh, sorry. What? Oh, they got the little Ewoks coming, too. I wonder if there's any on this side. I can't see yet. Are these to the movie? Those are just like people dressed up, right? But are these the actual movie characters? I don't think so. I think they're all members of the 501st. Oh. There's an oh, there Ewok, is an on, Ewok this side. on this side. That is so cool. This guy with his camera is making me nuts because he won't put his arm back.
Ashley! Oh, I'm in love. Huh? I'm in love. Sash Ventress. She's from the Clone Wars, Asajj Ventress. She's one of the bad guys. Jump out there as soon as you can.
Send them to hashtag SWW Finale because man, we have a great show, huh? I am so excited. This is, I mean, this is going to be a great show.
You can see it at the Premier Theater or right over there at the American Idol Experience. Inside, air-conditioned, outside on the stage there. Right here, here as well. You can see it all. It's going to be fantastic. And you don't want to miss it. Also, hashtag AskPamela if you have a question. Maybe I'll make it tomorrow's show. Very cool. I'm excited. Ashley Eckstein is over at the Premier Theater later. Oh, yes, of course. Come and learn how it's all done. Go behind the scenes and you learn new things when you go behind the doors. And if you are a fan of Disney XD's new show Rebels, oh, are we in for a big treat? We're going behind the scenes with Taylor Gray! Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. You must learn the ways of the force. Well, if you've ever wanted to learn the ways of a voice actor, then come to my show at the Premier Theater tonight at 7.45. It's called... Okay, I'm going to teach you all about my life as a voice actor, TV, movies, video games, all that stuff. I'm going to do a bunch of different voices, about 200 of them, right? You have a Flintstone? Johnny Test is totally awesome! We're going to go Spider-Man, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank, Tetis from Final Fantasy X, I'm even a strawberry mini and of course, Kara has to thank you for the Obi Wan Kenobi. Alright! Yes, it's Star Wars weekend, but there's even more. Tonight you'll see a symphony in the stars. The fireworks finale, seen from above. You won't want to miss it, you ooh and ah. There's good guys and bad guys and lots of. Okay! Get those cameras ready. This is the once in a lifetime moment you've been waiting for. Even way in the back, I'm going to say one, two, three. You're going to shout out your biggest and best Star Wars weekend. It's exciting. One, two, three, Star Wars weekend. Y'all ready? Summon the pearls. Yes? You feel it? You guys feel it? I'm feeling it. This is a pretty good statue. Han, what do you say, buddy? Ladies and gentlemen, 
Star Wars royalty. I mean, what can I say about this guy? I'm just going to have to say, take a look at these screens. It was magical for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is I didn't know everything about it. 
I right. read it, and I just was taken up in the magic of all of it. And that's what I am looking forward to about episode seven, is just having that time where I'm not trying to just shut away. So I, I want to talk to you about your career. I want to talk to you about Star Wars 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. I want to talk to you about how it all began. So uh, if you don't mind, we're going we're gonna to skip over all that because I want to be excited. I know some of you want to be surprised when you see this movie as well, right? Be- so before we leave that subject uh-huh. matter, uh, of, of keeping secrets, it's not a game. You know, it's not like we're trying to annoy the fans or, or drum up uh, interest. You know, it's like trying to plan a really big, elaborate surprise party, and you're you're trying to decide what food you're going to get, and who's going to decorate it, and you know where you're going to have it, and so forth. And it's you know, it's mostly so we can maximize your eventual enjoyment of the picture, and we want you to see it at the movies, not on the internet. And so it's very annoying. that's true. And but there are blue meanies out there. There are blue meanies out there that are going to try and show you every creature, and, and God knows they'll probably try and leak the script and, and, and put it online. So if I were you, I'd do that. Because I've seen, I don't know about you, I've seen trailers where you go, by. I practically, I think I've seen the whole movie. You know, and you want some surprises. That's all. Okay. Well, okay. we're done with that. We're done with that. Thank you, though. Thank you so much. Now. Let's go back. To and I couldn't grow my beard fast enough. I shaved. The last day I shaved was the day after the table read, April 29th. Yeah. And, and so this is pathetic. This is six weeks. <laughs> I gotta get going, man. That, you know. Nice. All right. So fire. Let's away. go back to the beginning of your Star Wars adventure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Tell us about the audition process. Did you even know the name of the movie? What was? What, how did it all begin for you? I had a friend, uh, I had just done a series called The Texas Wheelers for Mary Tyler Moore Productions, and it was canceled. And I was sort of depressed about that. And my friend Robert England, who was Freddy Krueger in all the yeah. horror pictures, yeah. he goes, have you been out for that George Lucas movie? And I said, what is it? Because I knew him from American Graffiti. He said, I think it's like Flash Gordon or something. <laughs> you, you don't get to see the script, but... Um, it's it's all set in space and everything. And I said, are you up for it? He said, I didn't get it. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> so he wouldn't tell me about it until he was sure that he had been uh, <laughs> passed over. That's so... <laughs> you know, I, the actors are like that. Actors are like that. But when I think about it, I think Robert must have been up for the Han Solo character. I don't know, yeah. But I went out, I, went, I got, told my agent, I said, I really want to go out on this thing. And uh, I think we knew it was called, I think they called it The Star Wars, but uh, it was a, what they call a cattle call, which means the room just filled with actors. And it was twofold. Brian De Palma was seeing people for Carrie, the Stephen King horror film, and George was seeing people for Star Wars. In the same space. In the same space. So when you went in at a table with George and, and Brian. And George never spoke. It was Brian that did all the talking. I didn't know. I thought maybe George was Brian's assistant, you know, because I didn't know what he looked like. Yeah. And basically, they just talked to you, you know, where are you from? And I said, well, I'm in the middle of seven children. My dad was in the Navy. And, you know, we just talked for about five minutes. And basically, what you're doing is you're, you're showing them you're either checked on a list of let's see him again or you're crossed off. 
because you don't do any performing or anything. You just talk a little bit, and it's next, next, next. I, well, I was told that, you know, Robert said that, uh, and my agent said, one of the characters is a farm boy, so he's probably not really sophisticated. He's probably not all that bright. <laughs> you know, not the role I was born to play. Uh, you know, he should probably look freshly punched, you know, slightly bewildered. Uh, but, you know, so he's trying to go in and, and, and be genuine and just be who you are. And, you know, you have no idea of what they're looking for. And then months later, maybe six weeks later, I got a, uh, a six-page scene in the mail. And that was the first time I'd seen any material. And I went in and I did a video taped uh, uh, screen test with Harrison. And I got really excited because I knew Harrison from Harrison Ford, yeah. Joe, come on. And I knew him from American Graffiti. And great. Now look at this. See, I love the, the all these great candy shots. You all look like you're having so much fun. Right. <laughs> oh, look at Fire Sale. That was Fire a sale. that was a movie that came out the same summer as us. From um, uh, Alan Arkin directed that, and uh, I later worked with Alan. He directed me off Broadway in a production of Room Service, and he's still mad at Star Wars because he's convinced that it killed Fire Sale. <laughs> What's the big problem? If we fire sale, have a couple of spaceships and it's probably a big hit. Would have been great. No, but uh, so we went in. I read this the screen the screen test. Yeah. And I think is is this like serious or is it a parody? It seemed to me like it could be like Mel Brooks or something. You ever saw the line? Here's the here's the thing. Now I've done this before. If bear with me, if you've done this before. But there's a line that was in the screen test that's not in the movie. And I've all these years later, 163 years later, I still remember this line because it was we're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and there was no Wookiee, it was just Han Solo, and he was like, Hey kid, you know, I did my part of the no, 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 I'm just trying to approximate sort of that minimalist, low energy that Harrison does. And we need to lean into everything he says because it's like he's hypnotizing you at the same time as he's delivering dialogue. Uh, you know, so, and my, but anyway, he was saying that we're turning back. And I said, and my, my character said to him, but we can't turn back. Fear is their greatest defense. I doubt if the actual security there is any greater than it was on Aquilar's sauce. And what there is is most likely directed towards a large scale assault. And I went, who talks like this? <laughs> I mean, you can diagram that sentence. Yeah. Let's let's break it down. Fear is their greatest defense, meaning whatever that because he says, that's no moon, that's a space station. That's why he wants to turn around. And, and regarding that space station, I say, but fear is their greatest defense. I doubt if the actual security there is any greater than it was on Apple or Sullust, two made-up names of little asteroids, that I get. And what there is is most likely directed towards a large-scale assault. In other words, we're small enough in the Millennium Falcon to slip in because they're looking for big armadas. So, I mean, it made sense when I broke it down, but I remember saying to George, I said, 
this is like kind of been fun or and he you know he was like well um well, let's just do it and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Which I later learned from experience when George says that it means let's do it now and never talk about it. <laughs> he doesn't like that. He, I think one of the reasons he is successful at what he does is he casts people that are so close to what he wants that he doesn't have to go in there and do major, you know. He gets the natural energy that they exactly. have. And so, I mean, I would be like on the Death Star, he's saying, wait a second, shouldn't I be picking up on the princess kind of, you know, bantering back and forth with Han Solo? Or shouldn't I notice the, the robots are making wise facts and so forth? He goes, you know, well, it's just, you know. and I said another thing about pronunciation. Is it Leia or Leah? Is it Han or Han? Is it Chewbacca or Chewbacca? And he goes, um, I don't care, just say it right now. And I said, you mean, you mean there's no right way to say these things? He goes, uh, well, it's regional. Yeah. <laughs> I always kind of appreciated that about it, because he did that in Clone Wars quite a bit, where we would all say it, and he's, he let us all say it differently because he thought that that's more real. Yeah, it that is. really is. You know? I know because some people say Nevada and people say Nevada, so uh, you know it's like basically it's don't sweat the small stuff. So now getting back to all this great chemistry that you guys had, I mean you do have some, some great shots. Was it was it always fun on set? I mean it's always from what I see and from what I hear from y'all. It seems like you guys really did have a good time. Look at that, we're going into space. <laughs> I can't remember laughing as much on anything. Really? As, as this movie. I mean, it was just wicked fun. I mean, we had to take it seriously. We had to really sell it in terms of like, if you don't believe it, then nobody's going to believe it. Yeah. But just to get it all out of our system, we goof on it when when the cameras weren't rolling. And I mean, I was reminded of that because I saw this documentary footage of us uh, uh, making our way back to the Million Falcon when, when Alec Guinness gets cut down. Yeah. And, and that's a really traumatic moment for Luke. But like I said, it was like putting put, put out on the biggest playground with all you know, props, your own toy robots and laser I mean, how could you not have fun? Yeah. If you can't have fun doing that and then you're in the wrong movie. And I do remember the Santa Claus, you just had a picture up of yeah. of Carrie and I. I was looking forward to that all week long. Two days, you know, the Smith Cross, the Smith Cross, you know, tomorrow. And we were both in harnesses, the way you would, you know, be harnessed up for Peter Pan. Sure. So we were all on wires, and then they had our two harnesses linked together, carrying them. Yeah. And so we're ready to go, there we are. And uh, what I didn't realize was that they had at least four cameras going, in my memory. Maybe three. I'm thinking it's four. And normally in the movies you do it over and over and you might spend all day doing that. We swung across once. <laughs> you were that good. Just, you were just swung across once and they go, camera, it's good, computer, all. all right, moving on. That's it. Like, what? What a chip! That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that guy is so good. So I, I did a little mini tantrum. And they said, all right, we'll get Carrie on harness. If Mark wants to fly, we'll fly him. <laughs> 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 they flew me all around. <laughs> oh, I was like really living out, look at me, Now, speaking of all 
all these wonderful people that you've worked with. Let's do it. Let's. I think it's time for a Star Wars Weekend's double take. Don't you think? Yep, let's do it. It's a Star Wars Weekend's double take. Good gracious me. All right. So, Mark, let's, let's uh, for time's sake, let's talk the cast for a bit. I'm going to give you a name, and you give me a sentence or a word, okay? okay. A sentence or a word per person to, to sum them up. And your time with them. Okay? Here we go. First one. Alec Gibbs. Ultimate gentleman and ultimate actor. I just adored Alec. He had a wonderful sense of humor. He loved... I mean, of all things, you know, I'd be asking about the Lavender Hill mob or the Lady Before the Muppet 
I was a huge, huge, huge fan. Yeah. And he couldn't be nicer. Again, he's a wonderful director, as he's shown uh, yeah. uh, over the years. But uh, uh, so personable, and that's Wendy. Yeah. You know, it was very lonely on the set because they were all underground. And I had a little earpiece, much like this one I have on today. And if I turn in a certain direction, I pick up radio waves. <laughs> so I'd be watching Frank and go, oh, Wendy Hughes And all of a sudden, it would go, ooh, ooh, daddy, you're a fool. I'm going, I'm in the Rolling Stones. Oh, there he is. I said to, to I saw I sort of laughed. You know, why did Yoda's face, didn't I? You do a pretty good Yoda. I think. Well, you know what happened is we all started doing Yoda. Everybody, you know, then we'd break for lunch and the boom guy would say, to the carpenter, you are going. <laughs> so everybody's talking backwards and talking like Yoda. And uh, Frank eventually said, you know, please, we, it was posted on the on the on the Walsh board. Please stop doing Yoda because Frank's starting to do your version yes. of his version yeah. of his version. Yeah. So and we have to stop that. But you know, they were really forthcoming in terms of letting me put the puppet on. I went up to the Stuart Freeborn's uh, workshop when they were whipping up the phone to make Yoda. And we went down on Saturday when we were shooting and worked all day with Frank and uh, loved him. I mean, from the minute I set, set eyes on that Yoda, I said, oh, it, it, it just works so totally for me. Well, here's the thing, and, and we had one other person that I was going to give a name for. We'll get back to you. But your performance with Yoda, I think, is really what made us all believe him and believe in Yoda. It's it's oh. time with him. I mean, so much of that goes to Frank, but because it's just the two of you, there was never a doubt that Yoda was alive. I mean, right. it seemed that the two of you had this special bond, you know? And I kept my breath and kept my fingers crossed because I said, if we get one critic that mentions, even in a positive way, that Hamill works well with puppets, I said, we're dead. Um, and Frank, I mean, that's sort of an insider. I mean, James being an actor himself, you'll understand. But Frank actually said to me, did it do something I've seen? You were scratching it. So yeah. They were getting this great sound. Get used to this facial <laughs> uh, Frank said to me, he said, look, you know, because I said to him, I, I tried working that puppet. It wasn't easy. I mean, yeah, the mechanical ears and the, somebody was working the eyes, but in terms of just the way he manipulated the mouth and the way he could make the body sag and tilt the head when he was listening to me. Because I would do it in the mirror and of course, you know, with his decades of experience, I, it made me really appreciate what he brought to the performance. And I was talking to him one time, I said, you know, uh, thank goodness that they, because they toyed with the idea of making it a little person in a, oh, really? in a mask. And George at one point said, I'm a monkey with a head on it. Uh, <laughs> No, seriously. Well, you remember a band that they just dressed up an elephant, but he only had to be in a couple of, you know, he didn't have to really carry scenes. <laughs> we didn't have to lift an x well, Yeah, and I've worked with some pretty uncouth actors, but never uh, a spider monkey in a mask. That sounds like a recipe for a disaster. <laughs> Frank actually said to me, and I, that's just one of my fondest and most proud moments, he said, if you didn't believe, no one would have believed. And he, he credited me much too generously with being 
a large percentage of how that thing worked. And I don't agree with him because, like I say, I didn't have to pretend to believe. I believed. You know, I just thought he was, from the moment, and even before he was, and by the way, he was always breaking down to the point where wherever you see Luke without Yoda, or if you see over Yoda's shoulder onto Luke, it's the dummy Yoda, because they run the main one up to Stuart's uh, office and or uh, workshop and work on him. So most of the time, he was a piece of tape on a stick going, I can't, I can't be a Jedi. You know, like right this. Here. There you go. But, but I can. I'm telling you, I can be a Jedi. <laughs> I knew it. That's just how he acted on set. And it's bringing, it's bringing back memories. Yeah, no, fantastic stuff, though. It really is. Now, do you remember the first scene you, you shot? Do you remember that? For the very, of all? Of all of them. Do you remember that? Yes. The very first shot in the movie is me coming out of that igloo-type dwelling yeah. towards to buy the robots, and then I hear Aunt Beru, Luke, and I, you know, what's so funny was when I went over to that uh, crater and looked down, it was only this deep. When they did the reverse over my shoulder, it was miles away, 50, 100 miles away at a real hotel. And that was the lobby of a hotel. Yeah. So that's the magic of movies. You're, you pretend. So as I was walking out of that little igloo house, yeah, yeah. they said, you walk about 10 feet and then react like someone's calling you. Because Sheila Frazier, who played Aunt Brew, she wasn't even on set that day. <laughs> uh, so who called you? Was it, was it George? Well, no, no, he didn't like doing that. He didn't like doing that. He says, oh, I just walk around, I don't know, I walk to around there and then pretend like uh, Aunt Ruth's calling you. Because I knew in the script it was, look, look. So I started walking around, look. You know, then you just do it. You do it's it. all make-believe. I mean, I've been doing this, like, when, I've been sure you the same way. I mean, we used to play Zorro in the backyard yeah. or Robin Hood or we go see a James Bond movie and from days after we were like, Going around, I was like, ding, 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 you know, sneaking around corners. You still weird. I was a weird kid, you know. You got in sessions, but we'll do it. I just do the same way with voices. I remember the first time I ever saw Dracula. Yeah. Like, want to know who talks like this? Why does he talk like that? You know. Now this gets me on. You're actually quite the impressionist. We've done quite a few voiceover shows together. I remember you've already done a little Harrison, but there was a show we did. Where we were doing voice matches, I was doing like Martin Scorsese, and you were doing Harrison Ford. <laughs> you know who does great is uh, I did Stuart Little, and Michael J. Fox didn't do the series. Your yes. Michael J. Fox is spot on. Oh, thank you. Well, wait a second, Doc. Whoa, you need to tell me about the time machine? The morning? That blows your eyes, and you're there. The way I see it, Marty, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why don't you some style? Yeah. Well, thank you. That's why I just, you know, that's why, if you ever see Comic Book the Movie, I directed this mock documentary at the San Diego Comic Book Convention, and it's filled with voiceover people. I didn't really have the time or the budget to really audition people. I just know the wealth of talent there is in voiceover, and I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be perfect to play X, Y, or Z, and that's the way we cast it. It was a lot of fun, and thank you for, for letting me be in that movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Let's... Let's do um, uh, let's do a little social media madness. You mind taking some questions from Twitter, and Instagram, all. and all of those? Can we do a little social media madness here, guys? 
we asked people on Twitter to send us hashtag AskHamel. And okay. we got flooded with questions, and we've, we've chosen a few. Do you mind t- uh, answering some of these? Let's, uh, okay, so let's go ahead and look at the, uh, the first one here. Okay, it's, um, it says, what was your favorite scene to shoot in the trilogy? Boy, that's so tough, you know, your favorite scene. One of the scenes I kept looking forward to because I thought it popped when I read the script. In a science fiction fantasy movie, everybody's waiting for the monster. Now, you yeah. saw the Tuscan Raiders and the Jawas to a certain extent. But I said, when we walk into that cantina, and it's just nothing but wall-to-wall monsters, that really appealed to me. And so I was really, really looking forward to that one. But I already talked about how much I love the swing across. Yeah. I love being in the trash compactor. I mean, so many of these elements in the movie were right out of the kind of things that I loved when I was a kid. Tarzan yeah. movies and, you know, swashbuckler pirate movies, cowboy movies. And it, it just seemed like a dream come true. I mean, I was a kid that read Famous Monsters magazine. Yeah. Built all the Aurora monster kits. Yeah. So I, mean, I was the one that would really get it. Hey, you guys, our faces are masks on the back of cereal boxes. I can't believe it. <laughs> and Harrison would say, "I'm like, hey, I didn't get in this business to be on a cereal box." So. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, we are." <laughs> I mean, I thought you had to be an athlete to become a bubblegum card. Believe no. me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a good athlete, but I, I, I made it. I made it onto a bubblegum carpet. You're so proud. <laughs> More than that. Yeah, you've done pretty good, my friend. Okay, let's 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 get another one of these here. All right. All right. What do we got? Uh, okay, Raymond is asking. While filming the Wampa scenes on Hoth, how long did you actually have to hang upside down? Oh gosh, it was days upon days. What happened was we shot it like one or two days main unit. Yeah. And then Kirshner and everybody moved on, and they, that became a second unit shot. <laughs> Gary Kurtz did a day. Robert Watts did a day. I think Norman Reynolds did two days. And, and they, they left just, you hanging the whole well, time? Well, that was, of course, the joke. They'd go, okay, that's a break for lunch. And everybody would walk off. And go, hey, you guys! But uh, it's a wonderful way to lose weight, by the way. <laughs> because not only do you sort of lose your appetite hanging upside down, but uh, you don't want to disgrace yourself in any manner, shape, or form. So you really... Like oatmeal, and you know, yeah. you wash what you eat. And people would come and lift you halfway so the break. blood wouldn't completely rush to your head. But it just went on and on and on and on. And talk about flying. It's the same guy that flew us across when we were with, with the princess, but he had me in a harness and I was upside down, and that was what they call, oh, we call it styrofoam over there, they call it polystyrene. Polystyrene. There you go. And uh, I think his name was Derek. But he had these marks on, you know, because I couldn't see him. He was somewhere behind the set. And he would preset where I was and where to drop me when I got the lightsaber and cut the stalactite down so I wouldn't crush myself. I just had to tap my chin and take it with the brunt on my shoulders. Well, one day, I, apparently he'd have a little brandy at lunch. <laughs> and okay. he mixed up his marks. And he started, when he, after one of the tapes where I was down, he started bringing me up. And he didn't stop. I started breaking through the polystar, and I'm screaming, Derek, stop! Stop! That's enough! And it's snowing, all this polystyrene. And, uh, yeah, I guess you have to be there. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of being there, it was exciting. We had John Ratzenberger here yeah. last week. Anybody? Yeah. See John? 
you know, John Ratzenberger. Cliff Franklin from Cheers. And, you know, he was in Empire Strikes Back. Now, I don't know if you are aware that he was in a scene with you that was cut out. Have you seen this? I have not seen it. We just uncovered this. Let's just take a look at this. Oh, boy. If you guys guys have it. Genie in the Larry Hagman role. Now, Genie, cut that out or you're going right back in the bottle. 
but and Julie McWhorter was was Jeannie doing an incredible Barbie and I I worked with Larry Hagman and when I told him that I said you know I can't do you but I, I played your part on the a cartoon version now that would have been like seventy two or three okay. and then I didn't work again in voiceover. Uh, by the time I did it again, it was Joker, and yeah. I didn't know about voiceover uh, agents. You oh, know, really? Specialized yeah. just in that because I got Jeannie through my theatrical agent. But well, I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is when I went to do my first voiceover jobs, I knew who Rob Paulson was, I knew who Jeff Bennett was, I knew who Tress McNeil, Maurice LaMarche. Now let me explain to them. Frank Rob Paulson, Paulson and Maurice LaMarche are Pinky and the Brain. Anybody know Pinky and the Brain? <laughs> Rob Paulson is from the Animaniacs. Well, they're all from the Animaniacs. Tress McNeil. I mean, these but are I would, giants in voiceover. Yeah. I would, I would, first of all, I'm a huge animation fan. I've been all my life, and I would take these things on Saturday morning. I watched with the boys and my daughter as they were growing up. But I would freeze frame on the end credits, and because I want to know who played all these characters. Have you ever tried to read end credits without a freeze frame? Oh yeah. Dick! And there's yeah. like 60 names you can't see anybody. Yeah. So what I think they were flattered that I knew who they were. I mean, I knew who you were before I met you. So come on. Uh, <laughs> come on. But no, it's true. I still remember seeing that uh, episode of the Walt Disney Show where they they showed. Uh, Clarence Nash doing Donald Duck. <laughs> it was the first time I'm going to be six or seven where I go, oh, wait a minute, yeah. There are actors that go in and and voice cartoons. That's you know? right. And now I'm going to do a shameless plug for my show. And because if you want to know more about that, you can come back and see Obi-Wan Beyond later. <laughs> but I you should see the show. <laughs> no, hey, uh, honestly, though, uh, we really appreciate that you are such a lover of voice acting, but you are a tremendous voice actor, and I just, I thank you, because the first project we ever worked on, I played the kid version, and you played, like, you did this great, like, old, man, it was just a narration, you were narrating, so we played the same character, and it was... Is that right? Yeah, it was many, many years ago on a, on a oh, I think it was called um, Arrow Troopers? Arrow, Arrow, Arrow Troopers. It was an Arrow Troopers, yeah. So that was fun, so we played the same role, that was my first... Time working well, you know, I finally, after all those years of uh, being asked, I said, okay, I'll do a, a Clone Wars. And so I did it in one episode. One episode. Yeah, and they said, don't tweet or don't talk about it or don't mention it. And I said, oh, okay. Three years later, I mean, it's been on, it's gone. It's yeah, it was on Netflix, it's in season six, <laughs> and, and you are fantastic in it. You was play. it... Was it never on Cartoon Network? It was not on Cartoon Network. It is on, on Netflix. You can see it now. And you play Darth, Darth Bane. Bane, yes, exactly. And, and the reason <laughs> I, I said, because when they said, well, oh, is that him? That's him. Because they said, uh, I yeah. said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, I kind of want to make it special, so find something that's fun. And uh, they had me at Darth. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought, Darth, anybody's got to be interesting. We wanted you on that show for so many years, and it was fantastic that you actually got to play that And Tom Kane did. Tom Kane is fantastic. Yeah, right. Hey, you know, we are looking at doing something here that I love to do. It's time that we take you inside the Akbar studio. Oh. It's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> so here's how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you uh, seven questions. And if you can just give me the answers here, uh, best you can, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how much we all learn about you in Star Wars, okay? Question number one. What is your favorite Star Wars film? If 
start asking, who's your favorite child? I love them all for different reasons, but if you really press me, I have to say Empire. Only because... Only, only because it asks so much more of the audience. It's much more cerebral. It's got elements that are really scary. That it's, It doesn't end happily. Yoda's introduced. It's just a much more textured, interesting film. But I can make arguments for Jedi and, and the original oh, as well. That's good. That's good. Okay. I love all my children. <laughs> that's right. And, and we have two other days of this, so you can answer differently. So there you go. Oh, yeah. I'll switch answers tomorrow. What Star Wars sound do you love? I love any language that you don't understand, whether it's the Jawas, yeah, or the or the what do they call the Sand People? Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, uh, the Ewoks, any or R two is is a symphony of emotions, and yet we have no idea what he's saying exactly. And I think that again is engaging your uh, your your imagination and you're filling in. What he's saying and to three PO. Okay, and you gave us a little hint here. What Star Wars sound do you not love? Okay, this is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> when I read the script for what happened in the Wampa Cave, I said, well, "Wait a second. They, they didn't describe what happens in the film. They said with a swipe of the lightsaber, he, he you know, uh, makes the creature draw back." Sure, I don't even know if they called it a wampa. You know, a lot of times they wouldn't name these things until they made them into toys. <laughs> we called it the medical droid and didn't know until after Kenner got his hands on it that it was IGAEA. Yeah. So we call it the dustbin robot, the medical droid, uh, the ice creature, whatever it was. And I remember saying to them, I said, well, wait a second, the camera was here and all I had to do was this with the lightsaber. Yeah. And, and I said, no, wait a minute, guys. This thing's just like a hungry bear. He's not evil. So I'm just like nicking his fur, right? I'm just scaring him a little, just giving him a little sting, like with a with a fly swatter. And then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. You know, Luke would never I said, Luke loves animals. I mean, Mark loves animals too, and I don't want to do anything that would be cruel or inhumane. Oh, don't worry about it. Cut to me in the theater a year and a half later. Not only do I cut his arm off, it comes down in slow motion. <laughs> against the deck. Yeah. So the sound that he makes when I cut his arm off okay. is just, I, I can't, I'm still Okay. Because <laughs> they tricked me. They tricked me. I specifically asked. I'm not going to hurt him, right? I'm just going to nick him. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, come on. Okay. I don't trust special effects people. Question number four. What is your favorite Star Wars word? Wookiee. <laughs> Excellent. What character besides your own would you have liked to have been? Oh, you got some time on your hands? My first read, I went, I don't know who's playing this Darth Vader guy, but really? Ah! And I also thought of the humans. Who wouldn't want to be Han Solo? He's wisecracking, hey, he's mocking the Force, you believe in that Force garbage? I mean, he was the modern voice of cynicism, which I think was a great release for the audience. They were able to accept a lot of the more corny elements in the movie because there was a surrogate making fun of everything for them. Yes. I think that was very clever. Very so true. everybody wanted to be Harrison. I did, I know. On that note, what character would you not like to be? Well, Princess Leia's kind of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe in my slimmer days I could have pulled it off. <laughs> okay, and final question. 
Mark Hamill, is there anything you would like to say to your fans? Listen, guys. Over the years, we have been just... I mean, I, for sure, have been so moved at the amount of support and affection that you've displayed. It's to the point where I don't even think of you as fans. You're more like family. Uh, if you know, I mean that. I, I, I really mean that. I don't want to get too sentimental here, you know, because I'll get all choked up. But uh, we are just astonished at the kind of I call you UPFs, the ultra pop passionate fans. And if it weren't for you, I mean, we wouldn't be here. They certainly wouldn't be doing episode seven. Um, like I say, I mean, I, even to this day, I'm backstage going, "Is the you know, the, the first thing I saw were three empty seats. I said, oh, no. My popularity is taking a nosedive. But really, I, I can't thank you enough for, for all the support uh, over the years. And as I said before, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, don't we love Mark Hamill and Jennifer? Come on. Please welcome your Star Wars Weekend's host, James Arnold Taylor. Boy, some fantastic guests. Anybody see Mark Hamill? Yes! Billy Dean, Ray Park. Boy, this is a great Star Wars weekend. And it's all because of you, the best Star Wars fans ever. Woo! You are the true force of this event. And from what I've been seeing that you've been putting up there on Twitter and Instagram, you've been having a lot of fun doing hashtag SWW finale. Take a look at this. Enjoy. Let's hear it.
to the end of another adventurous day, basking in the awesomeness of a galaxy far, far away. But I'm not ready to go home just yet, are you? No! Awesome. Well, before we say goodnight with a truly magnificent Symphony in the Stars fireworks finale, I say that we all summon the living force that surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds the galaxy together and focus it right here on this very stage and see what and who it brings. Who's with me? Woo! Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then who better to lead the way than those that, for over a thousand generations, were the guardians of peace and justice in the old republic. I'm, of course, talking about my brothers and sisters in the Force. The Jedi! Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jedi Master Mace Windu, Shock T, and Kit Fisto. With this many Jedi in one place, it can mean only one of two things. The Jedi Council is in session, or there's a disturbance in the Force. And often at the heart of that disturbance are bounty hunters. Bounty hunters? We don't need their stuff! bounty hunters to ever terrorize the galaxy or a sing Sam Wessel and the father of all clones Django Fett Woo! are they gone? okay hey speaking of clones let's move on to some of my favorites from the Clone Wars where are my Clone Wars fans? well I am pleased to give you my most trusted allies Captain Rex! Commander Cody! And Padawan Ahsoka Tano! A picture perfect moment until our next mission. Ahsoka, I hope we see you again soon. Wait. That tune can mean only one thing. If you have an affinity for the dark side, then please welcome Sith Apprentice Darth Maul. See, our heroes! Our first two came from opposite sides of the galaxy, but their destiny brought them back together. 
Welcome Princess Leia Organa and Luke Skywalker. And in the words of Master Yoda, Size matters not. And that's certainly true of those mighty warriors that toppled the towering Imperial forces on the moon of Endor, the Ewoks! complete without the mighty Chewbacca! How's it going, Chewie? Oh, what's that, Chewie? Excellent. Chewbacca says that he brought a surprise. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you the two that have been there through it all. And frankly, I'm surprised to see they're still in one piece, but here they are. C-3PO! Star Wars Weekend 2014 is join the rebellion. So who here has made the wise choice, the noble choice, the right choice, and join the Rebel Alliance? Where are my rebels? Well, I'm thrilled to say that because of rebels like you, the Rebel Alliance is growing in staggering numbers. And tonight, I'm excited to give you our three newest Star Wars Rebels! a rebellious mark in the galaxy and forcing the Empire to take notice. Please welcome Ezra, Sabine, and Chopper! Oh, the Force is strong with you indeed. You are summoning some of the greatest Star Wars heroes and villains ever. Isn't this great? Some of you are still leaning towards the dark side. I have a very bad feeling about this. Isn't Star Wars awesome? Star Wars truly does have a unique and wonderful force. It does indeed surround us, penetrate us, and bind the galaxy together. It unites multiple generations, appealing to both young and old, male and female, rebel and Sith. It's been 
an amazing part of so many of our lives, certainly mine, for 37 years, and it's still going strong. And isn't it fantastic to think that there's more brand new Star Wars just around the corner? Woo! Well, I must say, you have summoned the most impressive assemblage of the Bulls here tonight. So I say to you, the Bulls will be with you. Now, unite with me and say those words that start every fantastic Star Wars adventure a long time ago in a galaxy far
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.